We're free to create. We're free to choose. We're free to choose again. We're free to choose joy. We're free to choose God. We're free to, free to choose love. We're free to choose life. We are free. We are free. Free to do, be, and have. That's what it is that we want to do, be, and have. Right? No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done or not done, we are free to create a new, a new experience, a new future. Ernest Holmes, in the very first page of our Science of Mind textbook, he says, or writes, The divine plan is one of freedom. Bondage is not God-ordained. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. Freedom is the birthright of every living soul. And aren't we so fortunate? I mean, where we live, we have freedoms that we take for granted, many of us, that others don't have. Uh, we're free to think as we like. We're free to speak as we like. We're free to vote as we like. We're free to live where we like. We're free to go where we like. And those are just our basic freedoms, you know, our basic freedoms. To marry who we want to marry. To love who we want to love. To have children or not to have children. You know, we're free to do all these things. You know. Ernest goes on to say in the book that it's a deep instinctive desire that we all have is this desire for freedom, this desire to be free. I know it's one of my highest values. When I look at my values and what's really important to me, freedom is very, very important to me. Very important to me. Free to be able to do, be and have what it is that I want to do, be and have. You know, free to make my own choices. You know, and, and we're given free will for a reason, right? It's one of those truths that becomes very important when we look at this thing called life, right? This whole idea of free will. Freedom of will means the ability to do, say, and think as one wishes. To express life as one personally desires. Again, that's Ernest Holmes in our Science of Mind textbook. You know, in other traditions, and other religious traditions, or other philosophies, there's a lot of emphasis put on God's will, right? And God's will isn't necessarily always something that is kind of cool, right? In some other traditions, like, we'll say, oh, it's God's will, it's God's will. You know, where well, the truth is God's will is only for good for you. That is what God desires for us. That is what spirit desires for us. That is what source desires for us. If anything less than good is showing up in your life, it's not because it's what God wills. It's because somehow we've thought a thought or we've created something within ourselves that is creating that in our life. God is not saying, oh, I think this person needs to have a death in the family. I think this person needs to have a disease. I think this person needs to have so on and so forth. That's not how spirit works. That's not how source works. We talked about it last month, that God is love and only love, good and only good. If that is true, then for sure, God's not up there, you know, casting out bad things to happen to us. Those things happen because somehow we have had an error in thinking. You know, sin here in religious science is, is, is just wrong thinking. We don't believe in sin. It's just an error in our thoughts, right? So therefore, we create something that we might not be desiring. But it's certainly not because God willed it for us. We are free. We are free. The will of God is only for growth. The will of God is only for happiness. The will of God is only for freedom. It might not always feel like you're getting what it is that you desire, right? It might not always feel like, well, 
I certainly didn't choose this. This is not what I signed up for. Why is this showing up in my life? You know, and we, we have the little things like thoughts held in mind produce in kind, right? What you think about, you bring about. All our little trite, little science of mind sayings, right? But they're there because they're, they're true. They're true statements. Man, by thinking, can bring into his experience whatsoever he desires. If he thinks correctly, and becomes a living embodiment of his thoughts. This is not done by holding thought, but by knowing the truth. Again, our Science of Mind textbook. Man, by thinking, can bring into his experience whatsoever he desires. If he thinks correctly and becomes a living embodiment of his thoughts. Right? Simple, but not easy, right? That's where the, you know, the rubber meets the road, right? Are we able to embody these teachings? Are we able to think rightly? You know, it's the thing that separates the men from the boys or the women from the girls, you know? That thing, are we willing to really take this philosophy in and live it? Are we really willing to live it? You know, it's one thing to know the principles. It's one thing to go to classes. It's one thing to be able to say what they are. It's a whole nother thing to be able to live it. It's a whole nother thing to be able to live it, right? We can come here on Sunday and we can hear the message and go away and go, well, wasn't that great? But if we're not applying it in our daily life, if we're not using it day by day, minute by minute, it is certainly not going to be working for us at the level it could be working. Now, changing your thinking is a good beginning, Starting to put those ideas is in a good beginning, but I'm going to ask you to take it to the next level. You know, to take it to the next level of actually practicing these principles in your life. You know, what does it look like to walk the walk, right? To walk the walk and not simply talk the talk. You know, to walk the walk means that we're paying attention. It means that we're slowing down from the speed of light that Amber sang about. We're slowing down enough to notice, to notice what we're noticing. What are the thoughts? What is a, what's that sort of thought that kind of runs through? What's the theme that's sort of constant? Not enough. Life's hard. I'm all alone. You know, if these are the thoughts that are sort of the mainstream of your thought, then I'm going to ask you to maybe choose a new thought. Right? Pay attention. Pay attention to what's going on in your thought. Pay attention to what's going on in your body. Pay attention to the conversations that are around you. You know, if you're hanging out with people that tend to be on the negative side, people that tend to gossip, people that tend to talk about how hard life is, you know, it's, uh, you know, what is that? Life is hard and then we die kind of thing. You know, I was raised in that, so I understand that, you know. But if you're hanging out with those people, quit hanging out with them, right? Find some new people to hang out with. Right? Find some people that raise your thought level, that raise your consciousness to a different place. You know, if you're engaged in gossip, stop doing it. Walk away. No longer engage. Change what you're doing. This is what I mean by actively participating in these principles, right? And we can be all alone in our own head playing the game, right? We don't even have to be with other people. If you're doing that, stop doing it. Find something new and different to fill your mind. Ernest Holmes says this, 
This is towards the back of the book. It's interesting. We have a book, a, check, a section of the book that I think it's just called the summary or the general summary. And, and it's only about 35 pages long. And if you don't want to read the whole textbook, you could just read that part. It kind of has an overview of the whole thing, right? And this is what he says in there. We should be careful to distinguish daydreaming and wistful wishing from really dynamic and creative treatment. When we treat, we do not wish we know. We do not dream, we state. We do not hope, we accept. We do not pray, we announce. We do not expect something is going to happen. We believe that it has already happened. Right? Are you stepping into it in that kind of sureness, with that kind of dynamic knowing? Our prac students here know that that's what they're being trained to do. Our practitioners already do it. We know that it's already done. We're not thinking it's going to be done in some far-off place or some far-off time, because what we do then is we keep it always in a far-off time and a far-off place. We know what's happening right here and right now, and we must believe it with every core, every cell of our being. Because it's that place that doesn't believe that keeps it from us. Not God's will. Not God's will. So if we have a place within us that doesn't believe, it is our job to shine the flashlight on that place. To shine a flashlight on that place and clear it out. Change the thought. Hold it up to the light. See, does this belief serve me anymore? Might have served me as a child when it was scary and I was all alone, but does it serve me today? No. Let it go. Find a new thought. Find a new thought. We are free to create that which we desire. We truly are. We are free. What is that? Uh, principle is not bound by precedent. What came before doesn't matter. What starts today is what matters, right? You're creating your, your days, your tomorrows, right here and right now in this moment by what you think and what you say and the actions that you take are creating your future, this awesome future that we want to create. The path made clear. So the path made clear. So now the trick is to know what it is that I want to create. Right? What is it that I desire? Right? So some of us know. I mean, it seems like a no-brainer. Like I would know, like what it is that I desire. Right? Like most people would know. But you know, there's a lot of us that don't know. There's a lot of us that don't know. And then there's some that know from a very young age. Uh, there's a story in our book, the book of the month. We're using Oprah Winfrey's book, The Path Made Clear: Discovering Your Life's Direction and Purpose. It's a fun little book. It's an easy little book. But in it, uh, she talks to a whole bunch of different uh, people. And in it, there's a story of the nun, Sister Joan, and I'm not going to be able to say her last name right. Chittister? Chittister? I don't know if you've seen her. She's been on Super Soul Sunday. She's been, you know, on some of the podcasts. She has a book, and we're going to be using her book later on this year. But in it, uh, Oprah tells her, I have never known somebody like you that knew what their calling was, what their life's purpose was, what their desire was from such a young age. Sister Joan, from the age of three years old, knew she wanted to be a nun. She was fascinated by nuns. She loved nuns as a little child. She would, like, go up to a nun every time she saw one on the streets. And she's a different kind of nun, I'll tell you that. When we read her book, you'll see. She's a very different kind of nun who's really talking about what we need to do to change the world. Not just us, but the world. It's a fascinating book. It's a great book. Um, 
But many of us, you know, don't know so early on what our thing is. Or maybe we were told our thing is something that our thing is not. Does that make sense? Right, I was an artist growing up, and, and I, was kind, I, was, I was supported in being an artist by my parents, except when it came to, you're never going to make money doing that. Right? Artists don't make money. Creative people don't make money. Oh, I wouldn't go to school for that. Right? And that became, I owned that. That became my thing. Well, I'm an artist, but I'm never going to make a mon money at it. You know, I'm just like, what, the starving artist. I bought into the whole story of the starving artist. Right? So some of us had these stories. We had these things that were told to us that we need to look at and say, is that true for me? Some of us have to uncover and discover and release the old so we can step into the new. So we can step into this is who I am. This is what I desire. This is what I want to do. And the whole universe conspires with us for that to happen. Right? With this joy. With happiness. It's not hard. It's not a struggle. Right? What is the Abraham thing? Uh, Esther Hicks. Abraham, I just love this thing and it helps me to remember so often. She says, everything you want is downstream. If you're swimming upstream, you're working too hard. Everything you want is downstream. Let go. Let go. Everything you want is that way, in the flow. You know, and if you're still trying to uncover or trying to recognize what your thing is or who you are or what your values are or what's important to you, you know, I encourage you to take classes. It's where it begins. You know, we have foundations will be starting in September. If you haven't taken foundations course, it's sort of the, it's the foundational class for all the rest of the classes. And uh, it helps you to kind of start looking at, you know, what it used to be like, your childhood, releasing that, and, and stepping into this newness, stepping into the newness for yourself. What is my true heart's desire? You know, what is my reason for being? What's my purpose? to have that, so we can create this life that's in alignment with that. So we can create a life that's in alignment with what we want, right? According to Oprah, your real job in life is to figure out this purpose. She says, your real job in life is to figure out as soon as possible what that is, who you are meant to be, and to begin to honor your calling in the best way possible, in the best way possible. There is no greater gift that you can give or receive than to honor your calling. It is why you were born and how you became most truly alive. How you become most truly alive. You know, what I love about this little book, The Path Made Clear, is that it is chocked full of quotes from many of the great teachers of our time. Um, it's an easy read. I mean, you know, it's, it's not full of stuff. Um, and it reminds me a bit of what Ernest did. You know, in his time, he found all the common threads of the great teachers and he put them together. Here, Oprah has taken quotes from the great teachers she's interviewed, from the great teachers she's had a chance to work with. And they're in here. So it's not just her voice, it's snippets of the voice of all of those teachers. It's on audiobook, and that's how I first discovered it. Because all the great teachers in their own voice are saying their quotes. So if you really want to get a little piece of everybody, you can get it on audiobook, you can get it on uh, Kindle, you can get it in the hardback cover. Um, it's just a great little book, full of like aha moments, you know, those things that you want to think about. She quotes Dr. Michael Beckwith. 
several times in the book. And for those of you who don't know, Dr. Michael Beckwith is a religious science minister. He's one of our ministers. He started the Agape Center for Spiritual Living in Los Angeles, which is a very big center, a large center. He also um, has become popular in the movie The Secret, and he's on Oprah and, and, and that sort of thing. And she quotes him in here a few times. But uh, another thing that Dr. Michael is sort of known for is bringing forth the visioning process that we do at Centers for Spiritual Living. It's one of the spiritual practices that we teach. In Foundations class, you'll learn that we have a spiritual mind treatment, we have meditation, and we have visioning. Those are sort of our three main spiritual practices that we teach. So Dr. Ma Michael is sort of given the credit for bringing forth this whole idea of visioning. It's how he created Agape. He created Agape a Center by coming together with a small group and starting to vision, starting to vision what Spirit's idea was for the center, not what his idea idea was, not what the people that were on his board thought it was, but they started to listen to what is Spirit's vision. What is Spirit's vision for this center? And uh, we're going to do some of that today, right after service. Those of you that want to stay, uh, we'll have coffee, and then in a few minutes we'll start, and we're going to vision together for what Spirit's vision is for Monterey Center for Spiritual Living. Where are we going from here? So if you want to get a little example of the visioning process, stay afterwards, we'll do it. Uh, or Reverend Megan and I are starting a class in a couple weeks, I think it's the 20, 23rd, 23rd, your course and it's going to be a four-week class about charting your life course if you want to you know tune in to what's going on within you if you want to start to ask spirit what spirit's vision is for your life we're going to do visioning we'll do some other tools which is a four-week kind of fun class so sign up for that if you're interested in it whether your life is working or it's not working right you might say well I'm already happy I'm doing what I love doing, I'm in the relationship I love, you know, everything's groovy. Well, that's great, but there's always more. I'm going to tell you there's always more, right? You can continue to go on. There's always more to discover, more to learn, more to create, more to be. Dr. Michael in the book, he says this. And I was going to mark the page, and I did not, so give me one second here. He's talking to Oprah, and he says... There's a shift that takes place when you're talking about the possibilities more than you're talking about your issues. With your issues, your energy goes into the lowest frequencies. Doubt, worry, fear. Now you're in the sediment, he says, right? You're kind of at that gunk in the bottom of the river, right? You're in that dynamic. But if you start talking about the possibilities... Even if you don't know how to get there, then the energy starts to go up. Ask a what-if question. What if all my needs were met? What would I be doing in life? What if everything is really working together for my good? What if? What if that was true? What if all the bad things that have happened in my life are leading me to activating some great potential in my experience? What if? What if God really is on my side? You ask a what-if question, and you start to notice little tiny miracles happening in your life. To start to inquire, to start to go within and ask the questions. What if there's greater good for you than you've ever known? 
What if a spirit is knocking on the door and whispering to you? You know, are you willing to listen? Are you willing to open the door? Your life isn't about a big break. It's about taking one significant life-transforming step at a time. Oprah, that's Oprah. What can I do with what I have from where I'm at? You know, that's the big question. What can I do right here in this moment with what I have where I'm at? You know, again, those little sayings that we have, uh, bloom where you're planted, right? We don't have to wait till we get there. We can start right now here where we are, right? Marianne Williamson in the book, she says, you're already on the path. She says, so many of our waiting, so many of us are waiting to get on the path so we can start ABC, but you're already there. You're already on the path right here, right now. You're on the path. We can start right where we are. What steps can you take to move along your path? What steps can you take? Passion whispers to you through your feelings, beckoning you toward your highest self. Again, that's Oprah. Imagination is a powerful tool, right? We can try things on in our, imagina in our imagination and see how it feels. I mean, you really, really can feel it, right? If you try something on, imagine with me for an instance and just pretend, we're just pretending here, that you've landed this great job, this great six-figure job doing work you love with people that you love. It's a nine-to-five job, but you're really probably going to work about 60 hours a week. But you love it. It's doing a thing you like, and it's in this company, ABC company, that you've always wanted to work for. How does that feel? So you try it on. You try it on in your imagination, in your, nights, in your mind's eye. How does it feel for me to be there? And is it like, eh, get me out of here? Or is it, no, yeah, it feels good. That brings me joy, right? If it's, eh, get me out of here, then you don't take the job, right? Even though it's six figures. You know, that kind of, sort of, it kind of, sort of feels right. You know, we don't want to do kind of, sort of. We want to do yes. Yes, 100% yes. It's a gut feeling, right? Our body tells us. That's why a gut feeling is a thing. Because our body tells us. We just have a gut feeling. I just have a gut feeling about that person. I just have a gut feeling about that job. I just have a gut feeling about that home. Whatever it is, pay attention. Pay attention. Slow down and listen. Participate in your own life's unfoldment. Ernest Holmes. Again, towards the back of the book, he says this. If one were to make a complete mental picture of himself as he would like to be, feel in all the details of his desire, and trying to accept the whole thing as a present reality, he would soon demonstrate that the control of affairs is from within out and not from without. The cause being that whatever exists as a mental picture in mind must tend to and finally does take form in the, if the picture is really believed and embodied. Right? He says we should think clearly and allow the image of our thoughts to sink into the subjective state. So to create this picture of the life we desire. Fill it in, like he says, all the details. Right? 
fill it in. What is that life that I desire? What is that amazing, awesome future that I want for me, for my children, for my family, for my country, whatever it is? Imagine it. Hold it. Hold it. Allow it to sink into the subjective. Allow the seed to go down into the soil of the law and know it's done, right? We're not going to be wishful thinking about it. We're not going to think, well, maybe we're going to know. We're going to know that we know that we know and watch it unfold and watch it unfold. If you can see it, you can be, be it. If you can see it, you can be it. Spirit does not place a desire in our hearts that we cannot achieve. I guarantee you that. If the desire is in your heart, you can do it. You can do it. If you have that desire, it's placed there for a reason. You're free. I mean, you're free to create anything that you like. You're free to create an awesome life. You truly are. Or you're free to stay exactly where you are. That's your choice too. To keep doing what you're doing. But if you're wanting something different, if you're wanting something new, if you're wanting something more, if your soul is calling you to express in a new and different way, then I invite you to pay attention. Pay attention. Nourish what makes you feel confident, connected, and content. Opportunity will rise to meet you. Oprah. Oprah calls it opportunity. I call it spirit. God will meet you there. God bless you. So glad that you're here today. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you.